When it comes to the Jags, what would Wig do? Wig being me. Yep, this is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. Before I can tell you what Wig would would do, I got to tell you what Wig would have done. I'm on record telling you I would have fired everybody. Uh, last year, uh, we were in the press box at the beginning of the season. When Nick Foles went down, when he threw the touchdown to DJ Chark, I turned, because the Jaguars are already losing the game, I turned and looked around in the press box and says, there's excuse number one where everybody's going to come back and get their job. Little did I know that Gardner Minshew would actually come in and play really, really well. So later on in the year, I looked around at everybody again after the whole NFLPA and Tom Coughlin filing all those grievances. I turned around and said, that's excuse number two, that everybody's going to be back, along with the fact that Gardner Minshew had been such a sensation. So I would have canned everybody even uh, if those things happened uh, last year. But since they weren't canned, and when I say everybody, I'm Coughlin. I mean Doug Marone, I'm Dave Caldwell. I, I would have gotten rid of everybody. Uh, but since it didn't happen, I'll go ahead and tell you right now what I would do in this draft. I would do in this draft what I would do in every single draft. I would look for the guy who's most likely to have the yellow jacket at the end of his career. Now, whether or not a guy um, makes the Hall of Fame depends on the situations that you put him in, not necessarily their uh, individual talent. Lewis Riddick on ESPN is one of my favorite analysts, and he always discusses the fact that it's all about player development, it's all about expectation, and it's all about organizational management when it comes to a player. And I do agree with that, by the way. I do, however, think <clears throat> I do, however, think and believe that um, you still have to draft a guy that has the talent and the work ethic that could uh, lead your franchise and get you to the next level. Some of that's positional value. Some of that stuff means you just got to get a guy who can help your football team, but also be great uh, at, at positions where being great really does matter. We've seen now that uh, even though I did a mock with, I had a, I had uh, Jeffrey Okuda fall into the Jags. We've seen now that teams have gone away from the quote-unquote franchise corner. In fact, here in Jacksonville, corner at one point was one of those six positions, along with defensive end, center, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and quarterback, where people said you needed one and you needed a great one in order to be successful. Teams have kind of gotten away by, away with from that, and they're playing cornerback by committee or cornerback by just having solid guys, not necessarily a franchise guy who's making a ton of money. Thus, uh, it made, along with you know all of the other optics around the situation involving Jalen Ramsey, those are the things that made Jalen expendable and the team uh, recouped a, a nice bounty of draft picks for the future. So do I think going after a corner at this point is going to be great? No, not necessarily for this team where they are, even though they need bodies at those positions. I will tell you this, though. They went last year and got a pass rusher when most people thought they needed a defensive tackle. And Josh Allen, when you look at his talent, is one of those guys that also works hard. And he's a candidate for the type of player that, he, if he can keep it up, will be one of those yellow jacket type players uh, if, if his career continues to go correctly. So. I think that's what you have to do. You can look at defensive tackle as one of those positions. I think Derek Brown is one of those players. Obviously, the Jaguars also have a need at that position. Uh, I don't know if he gets down to them, uh, but I, I do think that he's one of those guys. So what do you guys think 
uh, is the question. The question is, are we looking at this draft as filling holes? Are the Jaguars looking at this draft as just filling holes and being a complete team when it seems like there's this mantra that they have to win now? Or do you look for the guys that have the outlier talent, the guys that have the best chance of having that yellow jacket on at the end of their career and being saved by the fact that even though you may not show more numbers in the win column, you'll definitely have a chance to show and prove to ownership that you made the right pick if those guys turn out to be solid contributors and have good stats. That's the big question going into this offseason. So, WWWD, what would Wig do? I'm going to tell you guys exactly what I would do once we uh, hear this message uh, from Locked On NFL. Okay, man. Uh, we love hearing from our sponsors. We love hearing from the Locked On Network. Uh, so we're going to get into this What Would Wig Do segment uh, leading up to the combine. The guys that I think will be special. Measurement started today. The receivers and the quarterbacks, everybody got their hands measured. They got picked and prodded. Uh, so since I talked about the wide receivers yesterday, let me go over the wide receiver position again for you guys right now and uh, tell you who I like and, and some concerns that I may have about some of the players. Uh, let's start with C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb uh, obviously is a big-time talent uh, out of Oklahoma, measured today right at about 6'1 and change, about a buck 95 or something like that. Well, C.D. Lamb, in my opinion, is, is a really good player, but Here's what scares me, and I know I hate doing this. I hate saying schools have guys that scare me, but wide receivers scare me when they come from Oklahoma. It's because of the system is so wide open, you can't really tell who's going to be absolutely great and who's not going to be great. Um, the other thing is that wouldn't scare me so much. It's not so much as the uniform. It's just that uh, with with the staff and the the, the staff continuity the players pretty much being in the same system where other guys have come out of that system and put up big numbers and they haven't been able to make that translate to being great in the NFL. One of them is right here in Jacksonville with D.D. Westbrook. You know, I mean, you just have it. People thought D.D. Westbrook was the next coming of Deshaun Watson. Now, granted, for the first few years of his career, he did not have adequate quarterback play, so it was very on him. However, uh, now that we do have a read on him, uh, with better quarterback play, he had some drops and he was pretty much underwhelming. Uh, another guy who's about the same side as Lamb, maybe a little bit smaller, is Jerry Judy, a guy I've watched ever since he came out of high school, and he's always been a tremendous route runner uh, from Alabama. I like Judy. I really, really like Judy, and I put him sort of in that Marvin Harrison category in terms of going out and getting in and out of those routes. Uh, I didn't do a a comp for C.D. Lamb because I don't want to be unfair to him. Kind of looks like Josh Doxson, who was a, a bit of a bust for me, and a little bit like Jordan Matthews, too, who didn't necessarily live up to anything. I, I, I don't necessarily see where Lamb, I can get a, a pretty good, uh, I don't really see where I can get a real good comp for him. With Judy, the comp for me is a guy like Marvin Harrison. Serious route runner is going to get over a little bit slight frame, but does catch the ball with his hands. Just like how he puts one feet in front of the other man, he never seems to stumble. Uh, he's a really, really, really uh, good route runner. Henry Ruggs, though, 
let me tell you something. I think Henry Ruggs is special. I think Henry Ruggs has sort of maybe with without the the one-handed catches. I think he has a suddenness of, of uh, Odell Beckham Jr. And he really reminds me with the way his body is compact and the way his body's built. He reminds me of Antonio Brown. So that's a hell of a combination when I mention those two guys. That's exactly what he reminds me of. LaVishka Sinault out of Colorado measured a little bit smaller than I thought he would. A big, powerful receiver at over 220 pounds. They had him listed at 6'2". Doesn't seem like he's that tall. He's about six feet. But he's another one of those dudes that is kind of like a running back, has that sterling sharp body. He's a running back after he catches the ball, and he's big and powerful. Somebody who did impress today with his measurement is T. Higgins. T. Higgins was thought to be really, really slight to wide receiver out of Clemson. At 6'4", he measured over 216 pounds, and he has like really, really long left tackle type arms. I think T. Higgins is going to be a really, really good pro. And I hope I say this name right. Kid from Arizona State, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, a little bit shorter, again, uh, 5'11", about a buck ninety-five, almost the same size as somebody like Debo Samuel. Very, very long arms and is a twitchy, twitchy football player. So that's what I feel about those wide receivers. Now, I know that the wide receiver position is extremely deep uh, with Justin Jefferson and uh, Van Jefferson, guys like that that you can catch later on. Uh, Justin Jefferson might be a first-round pick, but guys like Michael Pittman, big, tall receiver out of USC. Um, Van Jefferson has been tutored by his dad, Sean Jefferson, his entire life. Really, really good football player, solid route runner, uh, really knows how to play the game. I, I think you'll be able to find wide receivers. Uh, but, but of all of those guys, the guy that I think, if I had to make a bet and say who's going to wear the yellow jacket, I'd go with Henry Ruggs or T. Higgins. The reason why is because of that absolute explosive ability that you absolutely just cannot teach. They both have it and they both possess it. And uh, I, I really think that those two guys have it where it counts. And those aren't the two highest rated players, by the way. They're just not. Two highest rated players, obviously, are the guys who uh, are a little bit slight built to, for their height, which is C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy. I think they'll be good players, but to think they're going to be great players, I don't know. I think T. Higgins has a chance to do what the guys like Mike Evans have done and Julio Jones, and that give you a catch radius a really, really big catch radius, and get open. And I think he's going to slip and fall to a really good team. Can you imagine if he slips and falls into the 20 of it, into the 20s and either Green Bay or New Orleans take him opposite of the guys that they already have with those quarterbacks that they have? Yeah, yeah. And Henry Ruggs is the same way. I think Henry Ruggs is special because of his speed, and I wouldn't be surprised if he cracked 4-2-5 in the 40-yard dash. He's just a good football player, man. He's another kid that just, when he catches the ball, puts one foot in front of the other, catches with his hands, catches the ball in traffic, and really can take it to the house. And he's a threat to score at any given time. To discuss some other positions, I'm not good at those those linemen, but to, to discuss some other positions where you go, I think that guy has a chance to be special. I think Isaiah Simmons. Now, some people debate who's an outside linebacker or safety, where he's going to play when he gets to the NFL. With the way they play a lot of 4-2-5 nickel now, when you got to have a guy who's big enough to play the run but fast enough to cover tight ends, Isaiah Simmons will never come off the football field for the right team. 
especially these teams that just sort of mix everything up and don't run base anything. They just put the best football players on the field. He's ranked fifth on the board that I'm looking at now with Great Blue North, who I've used uh, periodically over the years because I really, really trust their board a lot. I really, really like Isaiah Simmons. Uh, there's nothing to not like about him. Don't know if I'm the Jaguars if I take him uh, because you paid Miles Jack a lot of money and then teams really put a devaluing on the uh, will of the weak side linebacker position. If you ran in some sort of defense, like most teams do, where they, it's 70% of the time they're not in base, Isaiah Simmons is a heck of a player when you think about adding guys like him, Yannick Ngakwe, Josh Allen all together and letting those guys grow over the next three or four years could be really special. I think Derrick Brown is extremely special. He's different from anybody that I remember in recent memory because he's 6'5", 318, so he's stout, two gaps. He kind of reminds me of Ndamukong Sue a little bit. That's who he reminds me of. He's a little taller than Sue, maybe not as thick, but he has that sort of presence. Some people watched the, uh, the tape late in the year and, and thought against Alabama or thought in the bowl game he didn't look good. Go back and watch the Florida tape and watch the LSU tape where he absolutely destroyed uh, those guys uh, on the at the point of attack and chasing the quarterback. Okay, we're going to finish up looking uh, at some of these positions uh, and give you some more tidbits uh, from the NFL draft, combine starts. They're going to run all of these drills this year. In prime time, you guys will have a chance to really, really dig in once you get on from work and check that stuff out. I got a message for you, though, in just a second from Locked On. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Jaguars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Jaguars fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lock On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with the Jaguars fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, man, what will we do? Talking about some draft stuff, talking about uh, some of the prospects, that I really, really like uh, after I've watched this tape. I took a little break from watching a lot. Of, I usually watch tape early and start developing these opinions. I kind of took a pause to that, and I said, I'm going to wait till the end of the year and wait until I see who. Like last year, one of the guys I loved was Javon Kinlaw, and then Kinlaw didn't actually uh, c- commit to the draft. He, he, he didn't sign up for it, so did all of the eval for nothing. Uh, so, and, and speaking of which, I'll mention him right now. Love him. Love him. And I know there are going to be some flags. There are going to be some red flags. Uh, whenever you see a guy that's that big and that strong, but he's a senior, he didn't come out early. But I warn you that Derrick Brown is a senior as well. Uh, when you start hearing guys talk about Ken Law, one thing I might run away from is taking him in the top 10, but I definitely would take him at 20 if he falls, which he won't. 
those guys like Daryl Gardner, those guys like Chris Jones, where you look and see all of this physical talent, but then you go, why? Why doesn't he play hard all the time? Why does it look like he takes plays off? I'll tell you why they take plays off, because they don't want to get work. They don't want to get hurt, and they're seriously trying to get to the money. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, that's what it is. So, um, Kinlaw, I think, can be a really good player. There's some boom or bust there with him. Uh, and we'll just have to see. Let's stay right there in the SEC. And a guy at a position that the Jaguars don't need, Calavion uh, Chason. I, I, I like him. A little slight, built slight. Has that Julian Peterson type frame. He's 6'4", 238 pounds. He, you know, he's, he may have that Brian Burns issue where he has to put on some weight. You know, if he goes into the combine and he's at 238 at 6'4", that might be a red flag for some teams. Uh, Burns got up to 251 and still ran a 4'5 last year at the combine. So he was helped uh, by that. They stay there on the defensive line. This kid, Ross Blaylock, that I really, really took a, a good chance a good amount of time to look at. 6'4", 305 out of TCU. I think he's that third defensive tackle that may go in the top 20. Uh, I don't see him falling, but if he does, he is a candidate for Jacksonville. Uh, I think he's definitely a candidate for Jacksonville at number 20. I think he's a real good player. But give you a guy, Mikai Becton. I think Mikai Becton has a chance to be a superstar because even though he's 6'7", 369, you'll go, hey, man, that's a little heavy. I think if he gets in the right strength and conditioning program in the NFL, they can get him down to 355. And if he's at 355 at 6'7", with those basketball feet, I think that kid can be a real superstar. And if they can really work on him over the years and get him down to 345 or 340, I really, really do think he has some tools and some equipment to be a really, really good player and be a guy that we're talking about a few years down the line as being one of the best left tackles in all of football. I really think he has uh, that type of potential. J.K. Dobbins, for me, even though uh, the running back out of Ohio State, even though people kind of devalue running backs, when you got a guy who's compact, who works hard, who catches, who does everything right, those guys usually end up with a team like the Patriots. Again, imagine this guy going and being the Mark Ingram uh, replacement to team up with Alvin Kamara. You ain't going to want to see that. Imagine if the Dolphins pick him with their third, uh, uh, their third, second round, their third first round pick of this year's draft. You ain't going to want to see that, man. You don't want to see. What if Derrick Henry isn't picked up and isn't re-signed by um, Tennessee? This is the kind of kid that they'll go get, hardworking kid, catches the ball, Really, when uh, he was hurt in the uh, semifinal game against Clemson, totally changed the complexion of the game. I really, really do think he's special, and I don't think he's that one-dimensional plotter uh, that a lot of people believe he is. Out of the quarterbacks, love Jacob Eason. I love the big arm. I love the arm talent. The decision-making process will leave uh, something to be desired, but I really, really do think he's going to be a special, special quarterback if he gets with the right people and they train him and they tra train him up. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams took a chance on him if they have a second-round pick. I don't know if they do or not. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a chance on him as an insurance poly policy that if uh, Jared Goff doesn't straighten up, they'll have someone who could really, really play. Now, there's some talk about this linebacker from Oklahoma that everyone is saying is a pure Mike. And look, might be. Might be a really, really good player. 
and I'm talking about Kenneth Murray. Uh, the thing with me with Kenny, Kenneth, Kenneth Murray is he reminds me of a guy named Barry Gardner who played at Northwestern back in the day. When you watch him, I don't see him get his head across the bow and thump people the way Ray Lewis did. I see him run behind people and do a lot of chasing and grabbing and turn them and spin them around and throwing them. And I, I never really like my Mike linebackers to play that way. I like them downhill, Patrick Willis, Bobby Wagner, where they thump you and, and wherever they make contact is where the play stops. Uh, so uh, doesn't, I'm not saying the kid doesn't do it. I just didn't see him do it enough in uh, the stuff that I looked at. Uh, uh, Cole Kmet, I, I believe that's how you say his name, the tight end from Notre Dame. Big guy. I remember back in the day it was fashionable to say that uh, you can find a tight end anywhere, and now teams are using high picks on tight ends again. Uh, so I do believe he fits here. I think he fits in Jacksonville. I think he's in play at 20. Uh, he's definitely in play at 40 if he falls because I think the Jaguars really, really need to make sure they have a lot of depth and upgrade at that position, especially running the West Coast offense. All right, those are just a few names. We're going to keep doing this all week. I'm going to mention guys, what would T-Wig do? He'd look for the guys that if you put them in the right position with the right talent and the right development can can be likely to put that yellow jacket on for you because the more those guys you have, the better your team is going to be and it gives you a better chance to win when you come out of the tunnel. If you don't believe me, look at Kansas City this year with all of their guys that they have on their team. The high-end players that they have uh, really, really, really stick out when you evaluate their rosters. Do more tomorrow. Once the combine really kicks in, we'll give you some more measurements. I'll talk about some more players, maybe even get into some late-round things. And eventually at the end of the week, I'll probably end up telling you guys who I think the Jags should target. I'll give you maybe 12 names and say if they end up with four of those guys, then the team uh, will be better off moving forward. It's T-Wig with Locked on Jaguars.